All right, welcome everybody back to another episode of Riding Raw. I'm here today with Dum uh, Dum, also known as what's your name? How do you spell it? Frederick. F- Frederick. Yeah. That's Frederick. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And also here we got Beebs with us. Um, Want to give a rundown over the last couple of weeks. I know that we missed last week's episode for a podcast. Uh, it's been it's been very busy. We've got a lot of the guys that are downrange deployed into the Middle East. Uh, Matt Cobra Schwa. Cam. So a lot of the team is gone, and we're trying to pick up these pieces to uh, get to where we need to be. Uh, everything happens for a reason, though. So on today's episode, it's pretty dope because we're here working on a weekend again. And we're joined with Biebs, who's never been on here before. But when I came in this morning, he was talking with Fred about, you know, things going on in his life. And as I sat down and engaged with the conversation, uh, it was Fred who said, Hey, man, this is what we need to be recording. This is what we need to be putting out on the airwaves so that people know what it's like when a guy comes into uh, to the table with a, converse, a hard conversation. The world needs to know like what guys like us are telling the friends that we have that, that come with these problems, if you will. So what we decided to do was stop the conversation mid-stroke. I think it was earlier than mid-stroke. I know yeah. my mid-stroke's different than your mid-stroke. Yeah, my mid-stroke a little longer than yours. Yeah, but anyways, okay. we figured we would stop the conversation and be like, let's do this live through mics to show what it would be like to uh, to endure a conversation like this. So I'm just going to, like, softball this thing over to you. Beebs, what's going on? Here I am, Dave. What I'm working with earlier this week, had one of those knockout dragouts with the wife and I reached the conclusion that I had threatened divorce enough times that I needed to rip the band-aid off. Can I pause you right there? Do you want to be divorced? Absolutely not. So threatening something you don't want is not a masculine tactic just so you know. Continue. As true as that may be, it's the only reset button I've found effective in my relationship. In the past, we hit those rocky bottoms, and it takes a no BS threat that, you know, I can't handle this anymore for her to hit that reset button. Now, I can normally take it on the chin, go to work, let it slide off but in this particular occasion I have been worn pretty thin the last couple weeks between work schedules putting in extra hours trying to achieve something in my career and normal life stressors with the kids I just couldn't take it anymore I didn't have the emotional bandwidth to listen to her gripe and complain and put me down essentially and I just kind of felt like now was the time to uh, to call it what it is. I was tired of being emotionally drained, not even physically. The days were long, I'm always tired, but I think the biggest toll on me is the emotional toll. I hear you, brother. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I want to go back to that one point where you said that you guys have hit rock bottom a couple times. So we've been all, so I've known Fred since we were 18. Um, Biebs, I've known you for, man, quite a while now. 14 years, I would say, 14 years. And got kids, got a lot of things going for you. Uh, What I can tell you is you're nowhere near hitting rock bottom yet. Let me ask you this. We're going to rewind a little bit. Do you know a lot about uh, like inner child wounds? Yeah? Okay. So you know about inner child wounds. Let me ask you this. Have you ever... um, thought about you come from two divorced parents right so in a way were you given the tools as you've grown to the age that you are now that there is another outlet other than divorce certainly and I try to take my parents failures as I I like to believe that she does as well we take the good from what we've learned and and leave the bad behind Um, obviously the impression from your parents is not something you can easily overcome and some things bleed through and we end up repeating the same mistakes as our parents. But I like to think, as a father and as a husband, I have 
corrected a lot of the mistakes that I saw my parents make and improve upon it. Yeah, because we are what we know. One thing I always point out about the difference. Again, so I'm so pro-masculine, pro-feminine, like stand in our lanes. It may be people get tired of hearing it, but it's the only logical way to, to move forward. And so uh, one thing that differs us from the feminine is we don't get the um, we don't get the I, I call it an excuse, but we don't get the reasoning of like, well, I didn't have it when I was growing up. So this is why I'm this type of man that doesn't cut it for masculinity, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing. It's bad because it's nothing soft to land on. Right. It's just flat out. You're 18 now. You're a man. This is what it means. Uh, learning how to be that man is a process that may take four or five, ten years. But you're on that road. You know, you didn't come from everything that you want to be, which is kind of a good thing. What you started with, where you were raised, is not the life you want to recreate. So, if you know that for number one, then you know that the road that you're about to take, logically, is not the road you want to take. Let me jump in here for a second, because this is actually an aspect of where my marriage is is hurting. Or where I find that um, I have a hard time reasoning with my wife's logic. Because when I turned 18... I had two choices, uh, join the military or go to school. Neither one of those were going to be, you know, I was going to be shepherded through. I was paying for my way either way. And uh, I signed a notarized lease agreement with my father to rent out my own bedroom uh, when I turned 18. So I, I was learning one way or another. That was something my father wanted to instill in me. Good man. And I may have cursed him, you know, at the time for what I considered to be a hardship when, you know, my buddies were coming home and playing video games to two in the morning, I was working a side job and putting myself through my first year of college before I joined the military. And in the long run, I, I thank my father now for it, but I, I built what I consider to be a, a pretty successful and comfortable life for myself. And that's something when I approached my wife, uh, before we got married, I kind of joked about a prenuptial agreement because I remember as a child, my parents would always argue about finances. You know, my mother was a, was a teacher. My father worked for the government and, and had a pretty good living. But uh, it was always finances were coming from one side, and it was always a point of contention for them. So I said I didn't really want to replicate that in my relationship. Well, my answer to that was keeping things separate. What you come to the table with is yours. What I come to the table with is mine. So I proposed this prenuptial agreement. And at the time, uh, my wife laughed at me, I remember. And uh, her exact words were, what do you have that I would ever want? Um, and I, You know, coming from a, a modest upbringing, she was obviously uh, much well off, much more uh, well off than I was growing up. Um, I considered what I had to be of a lot more value than I guess she perceived it. Well, your value is in your future, right? It's not where you're standing as a man. It's where you're going, right? So and when you look at that question, it's, it's kind of a, a weird question to ask. Obviously, if you walk into a relationship rich, there are things they want, but you have to be progressing. She had to see a future with you in order for her to even decide to marry you. Now, um, again, I do believe frame and how you set up a relationship is very important in the beginning to know these things. Joking about prenuptial is a nice guy way of introducing an idea. Well, prenuptial also has that whole like bad context to it right now as well. But that's what society's going to do what it's going to do. I feel Whether like if, if you're about to marry a person and you don't feel like you can talk about anything with them then you're probably not ready to marry them. For sure. And this is why I want to get more females on the podcast, because I want to hear the feminine perspective on prenuptials. Right. Because to me, you put it in one of the best ways that I could see can go. So, Fred, tell me what you think of prenuptial agreements. Send it to me how I did it. Cause I'm, when you talked about if you're not doing it, then it's the state. Yeah. So there is a prenuptial agreement pre-written into a marriage contract that you don't know when you're signing all these things, whether it's courthouse or whatever. There is a state 
mandated nuptial prenuptial agreement so you can make your own or the state can make one for you but we already know how the state stands on that so and in a way it's not saying like and, and i think one of the one of the reasons that it comes off as so negative to you know to your partner to your female partner is why would you talk about this thing if you don't think we can go the distance and go forever they don't feel safe and secure right because yeah. you're over you're over here talking about finances i'm talking about love and you're talking about finances Right, but one of those changes much quicker than the other one, and it's the love part. So being able to field those questions from a partner is important. Um, I, I assure you, you and your wife are having a different argument, and you're speaking a different language. That's what I think, too. And so you're both right in your own stance. You both believe what you're doing is what's best for the relationship, but you're both looking at it a completely different way. It's like uh, if you were to walk up to a wall and it was a huge C shape, and you walk up to the inside of the C, you would see it as you because you can't see the fullness of the wall. But the person from the outside of the wall walking up might see it as a C. And both of you are right. You see a U, they see a C. But and the beautiful thing about that metaphor is there's a C and a U in communication. And in other words. But <laughs> feels yes. like I'm back on the magic school bus or something. <laughs> but yeah. This is what I do know, Biebs. I do know that I was in your same place before. <clears throat> and what I can tell you is if I knew back then what I know now, I could have saved my marriage. Now, I, everything happens for a reason. I agree the same. When I went through my divorce, if I knew what I knew now, I could have saved my marriage. Like the things that we talk about, and the biggest thing is, is are both people willing to have that conversation? But if I would have known now what I know, I mean... I'm telling you, it would have been a completely different thing because when I talk about like rock bottom, rock bottom to me is when she walked out the door, that's one thing. That hurt. That hurt pretty bad. And Fred's been there. He's seen me like in the in the dumpsters of it personally, face to face. Both relationships, actually. Sat across when I didn't have a table. But when I lost my kid for 50% of the time, that was rock bottom. That's a whole other level of pain. Like all the money and all the finance, I don't care about money. I don't care about any of those things. All of none of that stuff matters. The only the only currency that truly matters in time, is, is time. It's it's your time here in life. And it's like if you're always miserable, I think at some point we are going to have the conversation. I'm building up to it, and I was going to throw some things to you, Fred, about uh, unconditional love. We got to have unconditional love for ourselves before we can have it for anybody else. Eventually, we're going to get there. But at some point, we have to see, it's like, I can't grow with you anymore. My kid asked me the other day, he's like, he, he's eight. Dad, why did you stop loving my mom? It's like, I didn't stop loving her. It's just we grew apart. We couldn't grow together anymore. And I think that's the scenario that you're in right now. Can you grow with your wife or not? It's not about love. Can you grow with her? And in order to grow, you guys are going to have to be able to have a true conversation. I think I've alluded to this before, Dave, but the, the biggest problem that I perceive in our marriage is that when we had kids, I lost my partner. I gained an amazing mother to my children, and I can never falter for that. I'll, I'll never say otherwise. She's been an amazing parent, but I completely lost my partner. She went from wife to mother, and there was no balance. Everything that she used to do for me, the little nuances, helping me get ready for work, get my uniform cleaned, packing the little lunch, leaving a little note, that that went away. And I don't necessarily falter for it because having kids, especially two at a very young age, takes a lot of energy. But it kind of dissolved the bond that we had. And I try to argue with her that take a little energy away from our kids and I know that's hard to say to any parent who wants to love their kids with everything they have but we're the foundation of our relationship and I feel like if we're not okay our kids ultimately are going to suffer from it. He's putting facts right now and that's a big problem. I think people use kids as a cop out and uh, even though they love their kids, don't get me wrong and you can never really speak into how deep or what they're willing to do for those kids you are the foundation of the relationship. That's probably the wisest thing I've ever heard you say, Beeps. I want to be honest with you. That was like, good for you. Yeah. That's pretty and, dope. And that is, that is factual. If you aren't good, if y'all fall apart, it doesn't matter how much she loves those kids. 
it's going to affect them in a very negative way, statistically and just in day-in, day-out operations. So That's one of the wisest things that Cobes ever told me was uh, when the kids hit 18, they're out the door, so it's just you and her still. So you have to be the foundation of that home. Well done, Beebs. Hit us with some more of that knowledge. A lot of my daily frustrations have been trying to get her to mature um, as a woman, as my partner. She, you know, hit the ground running with parenthood. We had two kids back to back, and that really threw a couple hurdles into the relationship. Can I pause you? Maturing women is not our goal. Um, Our goal is actually to keep them as infantile or youthful as possible by protecting them and the things they want. Um, So one thing you should think about is trying to make your wife grow up will ultimately make her grow up and grow against you. They're going to evolve into something that you can't control. Love it as it is. Cherish it as it is because it won't always be that way. And then um, thinking about like Dave writes about um, the ultimate goal, the poem that he writes, the ultimate goal being to be able to feel safe enough to dance naked in the field and know that she's got you up on the hilltop looking out, protecting her innocence and her, her safety. It's never going to be fair, bro. It's never going to, she's never going to think like a man. She's never going to get to that level, and she's not supposed to. You should be protecting her from having to grow up and having to mature because you're going to love her either way. I'm I'm going to accept a lot of what you just put down, but I'm going to object um, to a few of those points where if I'm not there for my kids 24-7, and I accept the fact that if I'm the main breadwinner, I'm providing, no doubt, physical security. You know, I'm I'm the body between the front door and any of my family. If they want to get touched, you're going to have to go through me. So I I have no problem being that that person for them but i need to know that the role model especially to my daughter can instill that responsibility and the good common sense that if i'm not there she's not gonna lack a a a role model i need i need responsibility i need somebody that i know if i'm not home business is still going to get taken care of now you understand your first comment about being the protector as true as it is is i a lost art in this first world you know how many people don't appreciate the fact that men are willing to stand between absolutely you know so that's something that's and that's a gender role the gender roles come a play into into our marriage quite often i i like to i like to point out she she is very much a proponent of of gentrification you know i'm not going to go out and mow the yard that that's your job i'm i'm not going to climb the ladder and clean the leaves out of the gutter that's your job but i'm stepping in the house and i'm cooking dinners i'm cleaning my laundry i clean up after myself you know i feel like there's some things that if you want to play both sides of the table it should be fair two things that's not what gentrification means and it's never going to be fair it's never Looking for fairness is chasing the the rainbow at the end, you know, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's never going to be fair. You have to let that concept go. Yeah, the grand scheme of things, that poem that Fred's referring to is that when my woman is out there dancing in a field and smelling those crazy cool flowers, uh, she sees something beautiful in a way that I could never see it. So she has to, in a way, translate it to me. She is my inspiration. She's the most beautiful thing in the world. Do I want to stand here and fight all day? No. But that's what I'm built for. Do I want to defend the sidelines so she can be out there and swirl around under the sun and all those types of things? I want to be out there too. I want to drink some cool water. But the thing is, is I'll never be able to taste it the way that she does. I'll never be able to smell them the way that she does. Those types of things. So it's like what Fred is saying. She's going to have it better than you. Yeah. And she, her, her goal in life is to be happy. Yep. That's not your goal in life, bro. Your goal in life is to be righteous. Do what's right by the people that, that depend on you, and you'll feel proud about who you are. It's never going to be easy. 
it may start to make more sense when you stop aiming for fairness. Well, I think eventually it will be. Well, yeah, because your stro- your shoulders get stronger. You can carry more. And life starts to level out. You still, what, were you 36? 30. 30? <laughs> Bro, you, you won't hit that stride for another five years. But trust me, man, especially the, as hard as you work at your career, it's going to break open. They're going to recognize you for what you do and how you do it. You're going to gain some seniority and some leadership. Money's going to come more. And I promise you, man, in seven years, like I told you, you've been married seven years. In seven years, you're going to feel stupid that you almost gave up. It is, it is ugly. It's brutal. But these times won't last forever. That's what I always say when I'm dealing with my women. Some days... My phone is ringing and it's texting and all this, and I get attention from people I don't remember talking to for years. And then some days I'm in a lull and nobody's texting me, and I feel completely invisible. But I always say these times don't last, whether it's good or bad. You know what I'm saying? Now, you brought up a good point of being recognized. That's something where I feel where I'm alone in this battle is that I'm not getting, you say recognized, I would say appreciated. Now, some people might argue that it's selfish to give um, with the intent to receive something back. It's supposed to be selfless. If you do a favor for others, you shouldn't expect anything in return. I walked into a marriage saying that I will give you 110%. I just want you to appreciate it. And it hurts. Yeah. On a different level, when you come out, drag yourself back through the front door thinking you gave 1,000% of yourself and somebody tells you that not only do they not appreciate it, but guess what? You're also not doing enough of this. Yeah. So for the ladies, that's a, a hell of a thing. Appreciation, it goes a long way. It doesn't mean, hey, if I did all this, I expect you to do all it as well. I just want you to be grateful that I laid everything down on the line to make this happen for us. But also, if you look at it from the perspective of, because how many different jobs do you have right now, let's say? I got three irons in the fire. All right, so we're walking with three irons in the fire. <coughs> Excuse me. You've got three jobs, so that means you're spending how much time? I get very little time with the family. Okay, but you are spending a lot of time earning that paycheck, right? Absolutely. Making a lot of money. What if I was to tell you that money doesn't mean shit? It doesn't if you don't have anybody to share it with. Okay, so instead of spending... 100 hours a week working, earning that paycheck, earning that, that big old rubber band of wad so you can get the new cars, so you can get that white picket fence, so you get these bigger things. What if, what if you were not to spend so much time earning that money and you spent more time trying to figure out a way to fix your home? Dave, that would be ideal. Let me tell you what I'm dealing with, what the reality of that is. My father-in-law is a surgeon. My wife's stepfather is an attorney, now a judge. Ironically enough, a divorce and child custody judge. Mother, very successful, worked for the government as well. I couldn't watch the Discovery Channel with my wife while we were dating without her making the comment for every new episode oh that was a nice place I remember that it's not as pretty as it looks on TV or something of that nature the only place I had ever traveled out of the country was with the military so in a way it stroked your ego she had expectations that's tough I was dealing with somebody who, throughout their high school career, was still getting their car preheated for them, carried out of bed, feet rubbed, and a hot breakfast cooked for them every single morning. Well, that was out of high school, but now you're here now. Have things changed? Absolutely, but it is a very slow and hard path to take. Welcome to being a dad and being a husband. Being a man in this world, to be honest with you. So, did you promise her all these things when you... Absolutely not. And she knew where I was coming from. Okay, so then as a man, stand on what you have. I tell a girl, 
if you make more money than me or whatever your lifestyle is that you're used to, that's cool. I'm not trying to change whatever you can do for yourself. Here's what's going to happen. When we move in together, we're going to live in the best house I can afford. You can do whatever you want with your portion, but that's not what I'm worried about. I'm providing a house and a lifestyle that I can afford. And as long as you're not tearing it down, do whatever you want to do with your money. Don't, you know, obviously don't run up a huge credit debt or something that. Here we are. But even if that happens, you L- know. Living outside your means. I am very much a proponent of canceling any and all debt that you have. I saw that that was a huge stressor in my parents' relationship, and I prided myself on the fact that I had never taken out a loan in my life until I went to go buy a house. Now, she has absolutely no qualms with racking up a credit card bill or taking a loan out on a new vehicle. I had never, up to this point, I had purchased every single vehicle I had owned with cash from side jobs that I did, and I was willing to fix up whatever needed to be fixed. I purchased my first vehicle for her because I wanted my kids to have something safe to ride in and her to have something that she didn't have to worry about starting or not starting. And somehow you always forget your wallet when it comes to buying lunch for everybody, huh? Yeah, what's that about, though? Every time. You got all this money. Now it's Sunday. Chick-fil-A ain't even open, bro. Yep. So this is what I do know. A majority of divorces are caused by finances, just like you predicated with your, your mom and your dad, right? <clears throat> and in the Western society that we're in, this fast food way of living life, people will take their struggles, their negativity, their emotion, pro- their emotional problems, and they'll go buy stuff to fill that void. That's a thing. People are going to buy things when they feel insecure, unsafe. They just buy things because it's like a, it's like a cocaine bump. It makes them feel good. And so guess what your wife may or may not be doing in her sadness? And here's the thing. I, I don't think she's one of the pers- people that go out and uh, buy 20 things on Amazon to make herself feel better and never open the box. Because I've seen that kind of spending habits from other people. She does, however, if you if you don't have that residual income to cover a credit card payment at the end of the month, there are things that you should be doing going without. And that's where she didn't draw the line. You know, if, if our kids wanted another toy, even though they have an entire room full of things they don't play with, she would go get it because she felt like she's not being a good mother unless she's buying these things for our kids. Well, I did the same thing when uh, when little dude's mom split every weekend that I did have him on Saturday or Sunday. And I mean, I was broke, but I took him to Target and I got him a new Hot Wheels car and I was feeding off of his energy. So I was doing that and it was not good. But to me, it was like I can see the joy in this kid, which was actually feeding me. So it was my insecurity that I was playing on. And it could be the same thing in that situation. Yeah, that's a hell of a perspective that's i never even thought about that mm-hmm. but so so beebs um if i was to look at the whole grand picture of everything i think you got a level head i think you got good intentions i think you got sound logic in everything you do and that all makes sense when you're talking to men all right what you don't possess is the ability to communicate with women specifically the one that matters so all the logic, all the good planning, all everything you put into this isn't worth much if you can't translate it into womanese, right? Certainly. And I, so, yeah. I do find myself shutting down if I try to bring a conversation to the table and there's not logic involved in it and you start talking with purely emotion and that's what the majority of our conversations boil down to is emotion. who can say the thing that hurts the most, not what are you telling me you need help with or that I'm doing wrong and what can I do to fix it? It turns into, well, you're the crappier parent or you're dropping the ball more. Have you ever met that response of that, that comment with the response? Yes, I'm aware. That's why I love you because you do so much to make sure this house stays together. Have you ever tried to accept it and then love through it? Because her emotions are coming from something we've discovered. Women aren't really arguing about what's sitting on the table. They're arguing about something that you can't see right now. Absolutely. Okay. And actually quite recently, when I when I reached that point of what I felt was no return, was probably one of the biggest breakthroughs I had 
which what she's going through, finding out what she actually is going through. She, she's not one to share. She's a very secluded, uh, she wants to take care of things in-house. She doesn't like to share her emotions. Now I, she may find sharing my problems to be disrespectful in a marriage, but I don't have the mental capacity to shoulder all of my issues by myself. I find that speaking to my friends, speaking to family, soundboarding off of them brings a one, a unique perspective on an issue. It doesn't always match what I want them to say. They don't always take my side, but it at least brings me a perspective outside of what I already had preconceived in my head to fix my problems. Okay, and I respect that. Just a second ago you said she finally, she did open up and she talked about these things that that are hurting her. And to me, she is opening that door to like, you know what, uh, maybe in the past I haven't trusted anybody, but this is what's going on. And that's an opportunity. I say this a lot on here, but one of the biggest things that I've learned through all of this stuff is when you're in a relationship, and it doesn't matter a relationship right here between Dave and Biebs, Dave and Fred, Every person is capable of that little child coming out and throwing sand from the sandbox. And as soon as I see that start to happen, I can tell like this little kid is now talking. It's no longer 30-year-old Biebs. It's no longer 34-year-old Fred. This is 14-year-old Fred's, you know, and something just triggered him and he's throwing sand at me. And in today's world, it's so easy for us just to throw sand right back. So you've got two kids in a sandbox throwing sand at each other. Now, if you've got two kids communicating, you're really not going to get anywhere. But if you could see what's going on, like I could tell that little girl inside of you or that little boy is coming out inside of you. As soon as you could acknowledge that and just give them like a hug. Right. So if she was saying like, you're such a horrible dad, you're a horrible parent, you do these things wrong, you do that wrong. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to say like, hey, man, I can see that you're going through something right now. I got you. It's no longer I love like I don't love you. No, it's hey, man, no matter what, I got you. Yeah. You. um. That's a, that's an excellent point, Dave. Yeah, you you can you can sink to somebody's level pretty quickly, but that's that's called losing frame. In 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 my particular case, what I think bothers her the most is that I'm I'm able to compartmentalize or or walk away from a heated moment. Everybody processes things differently, and we are complete polar opposites when it comes to that. She needs resolution here and now whereas I need to walk away from a situation and reflect and come back to it to actually give anything meaningful to the conversation because otherwise it is just pure raw emotion and a lot of times we're speaking to hurt people instead of to understand what each other's blights are actually about totally understand where you're coming from so that's a part of the whole emotional maturity side of things Uh, when you guys have this fallout fight in the kitchen and she wants something immediate and I don't mean this in any disrespect, but she's looking for a man just to stand there, not for a guy to walk out the back door, get in the car and drive off, not for a guy to go fix the fence and blow some steam off, but a man who can handle this stuff and like, I need something now. Time's ticking. Life's going. Can we do something about this now? And you can speak into that at that moment. You can literally say, I see this. I know how you process this. I know that you need something right now. What can I what can I give you right now? How can I? be a remedy just stand in and ask the question and what will she say pack lunches for the kids tomorrow or do laundry what, what would she that's been there that's 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 a thing okay so she'll give you the answer to the problem just stand in it and ask her okay love how can i how can i acquiesce what what is it that you need from me or what can what are some things i need to be doing to better show you because your commitment with words is great. That'll catch a girl. You can catch it with the words, but they're really looking at actions. So you tell her you love her, but do your actions show that you love her? So everyone's love well, language is different, yeah. right? Do your actions, does yes or no, though? Yeah, I have. Do your actions show that you love her? Absolutely. I like to think so. That's where, that's where the opinion differs. That may be, right? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, for her, and like you just said, love languages could be different, but for her... Your action means you're standing in the kitchen with her when she's saying these things, and you don't have to go blow off some steam. 
like me moving forward. Like, I don't argue with, um, with almost anybody anymore. You raise your voice with me, I don't have time for it. It's not worth my peace. But for my woman, it is worth my peace. And I'm going to stand right here. And you can throw whatever you need to throw at me. And that's what I said about hitting bottom earlier. After you've truly crawled through hell, and we've been through hell. Like Fred and I have been through hell. And I, my thing is, I don't ever want you to have to go there. But after you've crawled through hell, whatever you throw this way, it's not going to hurt. Yeah. I'm going to think, I'm going to process it, and I can understand where you're at. If you can manage to get through hell and maintain this relationship, you'll be a better person. You'll be a better leader. Therefore, you have a better relationship. And you are in a tight spot, and technically this is the worst thing you've ever gone through because this is all you've gone through to this point in life. But I'm telling you, there's some love to be shown in there that you think you're doing that you may not be doing. And a lot of good questioning and good conversations would help. To, and it doesn't be like super long conversations, but there's some specific when you got to know your wife, you figured out what she liked. Then you did that. That's how men operate. And now that everything is frustrating, it's hard to get into that loving sense of like, let me actually. You can hunt. also get too comfortable. with somebody. True, true, true. But that's that's something that you got to continue to fight as the man of the relationship is 70 percent your duty to lead out of these situations. And you need some of her guidance to do that leadership. You can't lead it in a Beeb's way because you're going to lead it with logic and what feels right to you. But clearly, she's not in that same realm. So you have to take her notes and make a plan with those notes. Does that make sense? I get it. Yeah. You can do it, too. In a sense, to get back to the being too comfortable with somebody, having gone through, I've been with her for 13 years. All right, we've been married for half of that. It's been six years, though. We, you know, we've been through everything together, literally everything together. And a big part of me staying in this relationship above and beyond my kids is the fact that I look at the man or boy that I was when I met her, and I reflect that if she saw something in me then enough to stay with me that now that I feel like I have built something better or become someone better, that I should share that with her as well. She was there for the for the bottom. I should bring her to the top with me. But to get back on topic with being too comfortable with somebody, I feel like in those 13 years, we've had so many iterations of the same argument over the same deficiencies that we no longer argue to fix a problem or to communicate we're just throwing it at each other I'm no longer listening or she's no longer listening to what we have to say we're just going through the motions because it's the same frustration and up to this point neither one of us have fixed either one of the problems so why would we believe that there's actually any hope of fixing it in the future go with it if you've had the same conversation of an argument in different iterations over and over again for 10 years, then you could tell me the ins and outs of that argument, right? Absolutely. So lay it out in like 10, 10 12 senses. What's the argument? Let's go with finances since we've, we've talked about this. This is probably one of the most across-the-board issues that everyone has in a relationship. My my father, who I, I would say is probably my role model, my biggest role model in life, has instilled so many great values, matured me so quickly as, at a young age, but at the same time was, I would say, deeply irresponsible financially, and that brought up a lot of conflict. So I, I was always in the mindset to hustle, make the money, never get in debt what was my next move to get up to get a foot ahead whereas my wife never had to worry about anything financially she's never paid a cell phone bill she's never paid car insurance she's never filed taxes she's never had to worry about where the mortgage money's coming from and and i i have no qualms being the financial provider in fact you know it a lot of people get pride from saying, 
I'm providing for my family 100%. I bring everything to the table that they need. I have adapted, I think, a lot of my ideology from when we first got into a marriage saying that I want to be that breadwinner to accepting that if my wife made more than money, more money than me, I would absolutely welcome it. What can I do to make her as successful as possible? Okay, but what's the argument? The argument being she's gotten herself into debt three times now. First time I found out about it, we weren't married yet. I said, all right, I'll take care of this. You're a teenager. You got a credit card way too early. No one taught you financial common sense. I'm going to wipe it out. I came back from my deployment, squirreled some money away, squashed it. Second time, what she takes care of in the, in the marriage financially from her paycheck is child care. Now, that's expensive. You know, it's another mortgage payment in and of itself. And this has also been a point of contention because she works solely to put our kids in daycare. So a lot of people argue saying, well, if your entire paycheck goes to child care, why don't you just stay at home, watch those kids? There's plus and minuses to both of that. There's an argument saying you can be that mother to them 24-7 and you don't have to worry about someone else taking care of your kids. In her case, and I understand why, it's mentally taxing to be with two young kids all day long. So for her mental sanity, she chose to work put her paycheck to daycare. So I cover 100% of everything else we need in life, down to the gallon of milk. We need milk, she goes, t- grabs my credit card, or I put money in the joint account, she goes and buys it. She doesn't provide anything else other than childcare. Well, she kept from me for several years credit card debt. I just happened to intercept a piece of mail and said, hey, you're five, $6,000 behind. Now that could be a very small number to some people, But having bailed her out of debt twice, I said, I'm no longer going to shoulder this one. I'm going to teach her to take care of it herself. And that's sometimes even more taxing than just trying to take care of it yourself because I'm on her daily about if you have an extra $20 in your account, don't go to Chick-fil-A, don't go to Starbucks. Put that towards a down payment because she turned $1,800 of credit card debt into that five or $6,000 because she put it underneath a pillow for five or six years and didn't tell me about it. Okay. Well, consider this, and I might be stepping in the wrong direction, but it seems like this argument is one that you have with her, not that she has with you. Correct? Correct. And I have, that is in large part true throughout our marriage because I think I have more problems with her than she has with me, to be honest. Now that's interesting because that can change. So, because you're in control of that then, that, that uh, grievance you have with her. Yeah. You're in control of that. Is she beautiful to you? Absolutely. Look at that. Is that worth $6,000 beautiful? Keeping my family together is worth that $6,000. She's part of that. Right. So, um, yes, I understand she is not financially responsible, but that's the nature of women technically. That's why 85% of ads are geared towards women. They buy with emotions, whatever that is, right? So here's the beautiful thing. Because it's your grievances, not her grievances, you could just stop them. You could end all your grievances and look at a new way to move forward in your relationship. If her irresponsibility is pushing you to a place where you don't want to be her partner, that's a legitimate thing. I can understand that because it tears down everything that you're working for. But it's evident by how you were talking that she just wants to be a little girl that can spend money when she wants to spend money, take care of her kids, and be loved by her husband. But let me tie that into our marital issues. Okay. Because it's not just a financial problem at that time. Then I'm stepping up, working that third job to cover those childish transactions. And then I get on the back end complaints nonstop that I'm not present for my kids because I'm working too much. You you can't have both. To yeah, me, true. you can't have both. True. That's a logical stance. You, you want the financial both. freedom. You want the extra money in your account. You want to go get that Starbucks. You want to go to Target. Fine. I am willing to work sun up to sundown plus an extra 12 hours if that's the lifestyle you want. But don't kill me when I walk through the front door and say, why weren't you there for our kids? Well, so, I, again, I don't argue with women. There's a simple, logical answer to why I wasn't there. I still have this much credit debt. 
and I only make this much money. And that's where I bring it in. Because five, $6,000, grand scheme, scheme of things, not a big number. But when you only have a couple hundred dollars at the end of each month left over from paying your bills, yeah. that's a big amount. Okay, but so this is all, again, money and timing. So you could, you could work less and be home more for a month or two, right? So now I'm here. I really cannot shoulder that but i'm here with you you can let her make the the idea of how it should should pan out how much time do you want me here versus there give her a say in it and then take your leadership based on what she says and if it doesn't work out then you can say see this is why that doesn't work or if it does work out then everybody's cool you don't have to work as much she may be that requires logic from both sides well no no it doesn't it just requires leadership yeah, I think just like uh, like Fred's saying, maybe not even ask, just say, hey, I'm going to quit this one job because I need to be home more with my kids. And it's not because she's saying it. I mean, is there any validation? Do you, get, act, do you truly feel as a dad that you get to spend enough time with your kids? Absolutely not. Okay, so the answer is no, right there. Right, so. so now you see a problem, so let's fix that problem. Right. You're gonna, not going to do this one job as much, and you're going to be home more with the kids. And if you're at home more with the kids... Maybe she doesn't want to go to Target because she doesn't have to buy anything to fill herself or dad is going to build something in the backyard or they're going to fix the fence together. So you don't have to do it's just these little actions. So she doesn't have to do these things right. to fulfill this hole that she's feeling inside of herself or she thinks that she feels within the kids. My, my ideology up to this point has been I'm 30 years old. I started working at a very young age. I'm halfway to retirement in two of my jobs. Let me hustle while I have, while I'm physically and mentally able to. Let me make that nest egg for us. Let me get us successful. And then on the back end, let's enjoy retirement together and have those freedoms that I wouldn't have otherwise. Yeah, that sounds beautiful, Biebs. But uh, according to me, we're doing a podcast episode on this. You know, you just want to hustle for the next. You're about to get hustled. Yeah. That's the way I see it. You're, you're about to get to, hustled. You're going to get hustled, hustling. You're going to hustle, hustle, hustle. Yeah. And then you're going to have to triple up. Yep. So here's Six jobs instead yeah. of three. Here's the deal. Your plan is logical and sound. And it comes from a place of maybe fear or or because you went through some stuff when your parents weren't. Because t- they took a different plan than you. And it put you in a place. And I understand that. And so logically, as a man, I say then this is what I'm going to do so I never have to be in that situation. That's 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 grown-up stuff. Some of it's pride, too. I'm going to be know, honest. You know, yeah, and that's fine. I but grew that's up in the house that I was that I was embarrassed to invite my friends over. Yeah. Because it wasn't as nice as everyone else's. To fast-forward to today, I'm 30 years old, and every time someone leaves, they comment how nice the house is, and I take pride in that. There's nothing wrong with having pride, but you're not living your life for your broken childhood now. You're living your life for you, your wife, and your kids today here this is the moment you have it's not the past it doesn't matter what people now you're living for now beeps you you are you money's gonna come bro don't worry about it it's gonna come here's what the deal is man how how old is your little baby girls three years old three years old man that you won't be able to replace four years old you won't be able to replace that do not let the job take priority over these little moments because all too soon they'll be 10 years old and they'll be little, little ladies who don't want to be this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I promise you, man, if you could make all that money now and then have your retirement years, or if you could hustle less now and have this, these memories, you're still going to get to retirement. You're still going to get there. I'm going to argue, do you, do you make the concessions and work till I'm 60? Or do I pick those fights? I'm I'm maybe absent, and at 40 years old, I'm free and clear to do whatever I want. You never be free and clear. Life is not going to get easier. We just be clear about that. And retirement actually sucks because people like you can't sit still. So there's that. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> okay. But so then those at a certain goals point, are, you stop working for someone else and start working. But for you can yourself. do that right now. If you took out, if you took out a loan, or are you? Sold your house, sold all the equity, and bought two apartment complexes. You make enough money to absolutely. So you can do that right now if you really want to. You could turn all of your 
liquid and all of your everything into real estate right now and in three years you'll be working for yourself my brother it took him two years to fire his boss he works on his he works on he's got two fourplexes he lives in one of them so he's got seven tenants he has a daughter a son a wife a brand new ford f-150 his wife wanted a new car and he lives in colorado it's not cheap and they have a cap on the rent so he can't make much more over what his mortgages are you could do that in four years giving it to the man earning that respect and that rank and that seniority that's all cool and all for a single dude and when most of your issues start with what you did or where you came from you know that they're from inward going out right which is nothing wrong with having that drive it makes you into a very decent human being a good man but to be a good husband and to be a good father you have to let go of single beeps here's the thing i've been told not just by you guys this morning but by my own father in the last 48 hours to change my profession and quit my side jobs. And that comes with a great deal of frustration because I'm, I'm trying to achieve something which maybe only I have a goal that I'm working towards you know maybe my wife doesn't share that common goal with me I'm trying to achieve that financial independence I'm trying to build something from the ground up and it's maybe costing me more than it's providing me especially when you work high-risk jobs hallelujah so there you said it all I heard is so Biebs what I heard was I me I me I yeah right yeah which makes you selfish not in a negative, negative sense. It's just selfish to the point that you can't let go of what you want for the person you told you would give the world to. And I know that sounds stupid, but trust me, because she was the key to your happiness because you put her in that position. She is. I've, I, I got with my wife with the understanding, and I've told her this a couple of times. She's made me happier than any other woman that I've ever been with or ever met. And the same token, she can push buttons and infuriate me more than any That's other person I know. That's the definition of love, bro. That's, That's love. You love. Because the second part is love. Yeah. yeah. You've opened yourself up enough to her to where she knows where those buttons are. Yeah. That's love. So that's a beautiful thing. You are, you are in a, a wonderful place. Um, as I don't know, your dad told you the same thing. But yeah, you have opportunities to change your career. <laughs> Which is funny because he is, uh, you know, pushing 60 years old and still working the same model as he's asking me to get away from. But is he married? He's not. So, yeah, you could maintain this. You'll be single and paying alimony. Or, as Dave said. He's trying to teach me from his mistakes. So then listen to him (laughs) because Dave said the same thing. I'm going to say it may be pig-headed stubbornness or my pride, but I feel like giving up any one of those financial revenue streams is taking a step backwards where I know it may be taking a step forwards as a parent and, and getting closer with my family, but I feel like professionally taking a step backwards to get close to your yes. family is exactly what you need to be doing. If I were to write your prescription, that would be it. That's it. Yeah. And what you'll get that's out of gonna that. That's going to be the hardest thing for me. I'm telling you right now. And that's it, why you built it, it with makes such me big uncomfortable. Shoulders. It makes me uncomfortable <laughs> thinking about it right now. That's why you're Good. so strong. I'm glad it's so making you feel uncomfortable. You know what? That's, this session only going to cost you $2,000, man. You got all the answers right. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing, man. And like I told you, two things were said. Dave said if you change professions and come work here, your marriage will come back on track because you'll be around people like this, and we will table your issues, every one of them. You become a brother, and so everything that you go through, we go through, right? So once you look at your issues from that perspective, after you've laid them all out like that, you can actually see a light at the end of the tunnel. You can see opportunities and ways that you can improve at being a better selfless husband. Because, yes, you are a good husband. And you're a good man. You just are. You've worked your ass off to become that. And you are the fruit of your labors. But if you continue to grind for Beeb's best professional look, you could end up earning all that money but giving half of it away so then you'd be making less anyway it's pretty simple to me <laughs> the math isn't there 
I think I'm trying to get to the powder keg before the fuse runs out. Don't race that fuse, bro. You don't even have to do that. Just piss on it. <laughs> piss it all down the drain. And look, you're not losing anything by taking a, 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 a professional audible. It's not a, a downgrade or this or that. The money's good. The lifestyle is good. Having to only go to one job instead of three jobs is better. Um, putting yourself in company where people wear... If you, if you work here full-time, then that means you will have opportunities to hit the gym in route, get into cigar lounge, not not get shot in the face by a crackhead at midnight. There's that. That's also a good thing. Um, <laughs> that Satisfy the wife's a, idea of how much you That's a part of the conversation that I think maybe you guys can assimilate with my wife and because she probably military is, is, is very close to law enforcement. But in the same aspect, what I have put myself through, I keep saying, it's more, it's not a job for me. It's it's even more so than a career. It's a, it's a way of life. Yeah. It's a mentality. It's a brotherhood, just like the military. Bro, but if you got out of that, you wouldn't lose the way of life. You're still going to be a dick. I know. <laughs> no, uh, no, listen, no, listen, you won't lose it. And nobody's going to say, oh, he only served eight years. He's not a real. You're not losing any of that. You don't. You're still in with them. Well, here's something I haven't shared. Okay. I put in. There's all kinds of entities within the police department. You got patrol officers. You have detectives. You got forensics. You got SWAT. All right. Um, all kinds of opportunities. Now, I, I went out and got my forklift certification. And applied for a property warehouse clerk job, which is a Monday through Friday, 9 to 5, lifting boxes and driving things to court for evidentiary purposes. Oh. Is it where I want to be? Absolutely not. Was my wife ecstatic when I told her that I applied for it? Yes, she was. Solutions. Good job, Beebs. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Now get that job. Yeah, go ahead and get that job. He's waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And that's only one aspect. The finances, but that's, that's one a aspect. huge aspect. That's one of the ones that plagues most people in America. It's it's the ongoing fear that my partner is irresponsible to the effect that it may jeopardize our future. I I, I don't I don't want to feel like I have to squander money, like I have to isolate our finances, like I have to be in complete control. I want to know that. When she goes out, and this is this is like a little nuance, she goes to the grocery store to pick something up. She doesn't look at the price tag. When yeah. she goes out to eat, she doesn't look at the okay. But the that's cost. what she's got you for. And now, if you were home more, then you would be at the grocery store with her, or going for her. This is true. Yeah, and there's so no then you wouldn't have to worry about that. So there's the, the beauty of your issues is they are legit, but you have the answer to them. You literally have the answer to them, and. To see you put your marriage back in a place where you're not risking it or thinking about throwing it away will, will give me great, great happiness. Because you won't be that statistic. You won't be the people who thought they could do it and didn't do it. You got a cute family. You got vehicles, house. What does it matter if you take a $4,000 pay cut in a year, but you get to spend 80 hours a week at home instead of at work now you will you'll flourish man you'll flourish well let me turn the table just for a moment Uh oh and if this isn't the direction if this isn't the direction you want to go in shut it down it's fine shut it you talked about all the things that this is what she's got me for this is what i'm here for that's why you're you're the man in the relationship right I know where you go. What am I supposed to get in return? Exactly. You get 30%. And that 30% is being blocked up by her fears and anxieties passing through her system as retail therapy. What is that 30% though? What is what what 30%. is she what is she giving? What is she providing for me? Look good, be agreeable, listen and learn. That's it. That's all you get. So what She's do you get out of that? What if I told you that <clears throat> you can have a woman if she truly trusts you? If your wife truly trusted you, and something tells me that she doesn't truly trust you, and there's nothing against you. I've been there before, too. Yeah, she doesn't truly trust you. 
But if she did truly trust you, what if you said, hey, we're going bankrupt in the house. We got to live in a tent on the side of the mountain. She's like, all right, cool. We'll ride or die because I trust you. If a woman truly trusts you, then you'll get that. You So a male gets his peace through respect. And she gets her peace through trust. And you're never going to get your respect until you've earned her trust. It will pay off, bro. And I promise you it will. And the beauty of it is is you already are a self-capable individual. You can do everything you need done in this world. Mm -hmm. All you need is to figure out how to get a partner that feeds into your, on those things that you, the the few things you can't do for yourself. That's what she's going to do for you. Yep. Because she loves you and she trusts you. And it, it seems simple. Is there anything wrong with wanting a partner that is self-sufficient? That yes. doesn't need you, but wants you for who you are, not what you bring to the table? Well, so because that's because you're looking for, like, unconditional love, I understand. But that doesn't exist here. First of all, because you haven't built that. So you didn't build a relationship like that. You built a relationship with a woman that's dependent. And she's depending on you. And if you take everything she depends on from you, then she will love you. So if I provide what she's depending on... Why don't you marry Oprah? Am I not allowed to make requests in return? Absolutely. That's called communication. But if your request is go out and do what I'm doing, then why'd you marry a woman? Why not marry a dude? Simplify things, wouldn't it? Truly, it would. (laughs) So look at it this way. This is what I believe. I believe that a relationship isn't fostered just around love. It's around growth. And obviously, I've seen you grow in the last several years, but you still have a lot of growth going for you. You know, you building your house the way that you're building it right now is to, so you don't replicate what you had as a childhood. You're still going through wounds. She's still going through wounds. So right now you're asking for her, like, she should be self-sufficient right now. You're not self-sufficient. Financially, you could be. But, I mean, you can go find a guy flipping burgers at McDonald's who's still financially, you know. At the end of the day, the little things, the nuances you spoke about, that's the stuff that you're not sufficient in. The notes and the lunchbox, the laundry, the this and that. That stuff will make your life lovely. How to get it back? Be home more. Make a little less money. Because you won't need that extra money because you'll be home more. And maybe she won't even go. Maybe she'll come home more, too. What if? She decides to leave her job, just take care of the kids, and you decide to take the job that makes a little bit less, and you're home more with the kids. Y'all all like each other, apparently. You know, like I'm going to throw a wrench into things. I like wrenches. The proverbial wrench is that I have. So I have provided that. I I I I ventured down that road. I I halted. I I got to a point where I was burning the candle at both ends, trying to trying to reach that pot of gold came home from midnights i had worked 27 hours been up for uh worked 17 days straight without a day off and been up for 27 hours i made it within a mile of my house fell asleep crashed into a tree a lot of that was my own doing now i work shift work and it sucks everybody that works shift work can agree with that but at the same time on my days off on my hours off i was scheduling side jobs i was thinking about what else can i do to make some money so I did it to myself, absolutely. And I took a step back from that because the last thing I remember seeing before I crashed in that tree was a four-inch limb that was about neck height that I thought was going to go through the windshield. And I figured I'd be waking up in a hospital, best-case scenario somewhere. Now, I, I walked away from that largely unscathed. I was hugely lucky in that regard. And I took that as a self-reflection moment saying that, what's all this money worth if I'm not here to spend it? So I backed away. I was spending much more time with the family, and she loved it. But with that came a higher expectation that that comes to the whole saying of give an inch, take a mile. Now, I did that with I, – I started spending more time, so now she expects more time. And so where do, where do, where do you draw that line? Where does that end? Because I started – communication. I gave up my gym time. I used to go seven days a week. Now I go five days a week. But now I get criticized even for those five days a week. Communication. People can't literally grow hugged up on each other 24 hours a day. And that's where we don't... I'll admit, that's where we're falling short. Because we're not communicating effectively. I feel like I've given her what she's asked for, 
But and it's you, still not good does enough. Does she feel like you've given her what she Clearly needs? Clearly not. Okay, so then it doesn't matter what you feel like in the giving portions because she doesn't feel like it. And that's so, unfair. Here's the, like, it. it is very unfair, but do you want her to lead your relationship to salvation? Do you want to just sit back and let her take the driver's seat? Well, then we came full circle saying logic. I'm bringing logic to the table. Where, where does the argument go when you say, guess what? I, I was gone seven out of seven days. Now I'm gone five out of seven days. I was working 40 extra hours a week. Now I'm only working 10 hours a week. I gave you what you asked for, and she's still arguing that you haven't. That's not really what she was asking for. What she's saying is, <laughs> Beebs is saying, what else do you want from me? And she's saying, the Ryan Gosling moment. Everything. I want everything. The notebook. Yeah. Yeah. So it is still a lack of communication in her part in saying what she actually wants. So, yes, she wants you home, but that doesn't mean she wants you home in the garage or on the couch. Yes, she's going to want you home and then make more expectations of what she wants from you at home. So step one in her 11-step plan was, I got to have him home more. So that step two is he can do these things and help me do them. So that step three is I can now. You act not, like you know me, man. Why are you, why are you saying all this I'm stuff? I'm not saying that. I'm saying that's probably her plan, right? And so. Well, it's all true. Okay. So then maybe I'm onto <laughs> something. Right? So she's got a phase of things she's trying to get down to the bottom of with you. And once she does, she can blossom. She can become that. And while you're doing all these honeydews that don't make sense, don't be afraid to communicate. Babe, is this how I'm doing it? That's how you like it? Cool. Well, hey, can I ask you this? Cool. You know, I'd like it if you did the lunchbox note thing again. I really like when your name pops up in my lunchbox. No problem, babe. You, you're in a beautiful situation, peeps, if you ask me. And if you need to, it's always Fred and I. We go over there and we communicate for you. <laughs> <laughs> I know what Fred's for. You don't know my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, we're going to wrap this one up. We appreciate you guys. This is a beautiful thing about this conversation is that's about as transparent as it gets. That's word for word what we would talk about. Well, that we just did talk about. Beebs is over here looking deflated. It's a lot of stuff we just threw at him. You got a little bit of air left. All right. Can you, is there enough air in your lungs to say selfish? Ooh. Word of the day. <laughs> Word of the day. Uh, you know, we're just messing with you, Beebs. We still love you. Yeah, for sure. We love you, man. It's all true. We're going to figure it out. Yeah. All right, everybody. Look forward to uh, hearing some feedback about the episode, and we will be talking to you again soon. Ciao. Ciao, No edit needed, man. That was beautiful, Beebs. <laughs>